Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special Brainwavesy chat. We haven't got a name for it right now, but <laughs> welcome to the chat. My name is Jamie Adams. And I'm Ian McAllister, and joining us from many, many moons ago, Ian Chandler has rejoined us for a little chat about Tabletop Scotland. How you doing, Ian? Hello, very good. Here for one night only. And then Indeed, I will get your tickets. There'll be screaming people in the audience. I was about, I was about to sing one night only to the uh, music of For Your Eyes Only, the Bond theme. And then I went, I don't remember any of the music beyond For Your Eyes Only, well, only for now, you. Now we now you said it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, one night only, Chandler is here. I mean, I'm going to go for three out of five. Everything <laughs> <laughs> in the positives is good for me. Yes, right. So we're here to talk yes. about Tabletop Scotland 2023. Now we're about a week Ooh. on from the end of Tabletop Scotland. How are you two both doing? Have you recovered? Yes, I was very glad to have a few days off after the con because my brain was kind of mush on the Monday. I had like two or three days off after the actual end of the convention. That was good because I got to like write up my review and everything as well. It was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed myself. It was fantastic. Free con. We did stuff. So many things. It was wonderful. Yeah, good. I have thoroughly uncovered, recovered. I now have a two-year-old, so... and I Thoroughly uncovered? I mean... Thoroughly uncovered. <laughs> we can thoroughly see you in a video right now. Re-covered. We can tell you that he, is, that he is covered, so everything's fine. <laughs> okay. We're not doing this cast in the nude. That would be weird. Oh, too many people died last time. <clears throat> so, for those of you who weren't aware, Tabletop Scotland took place from the 25th to the 27th of August 2023 at the Dewar Centre in Perth was what to be the last time at the Dewar Centre. Now, I believe we all got there at the same time because Ian M, you came all the way through from Edinburgh to pick up me and Ian C, and then we all drove as one big road trip over to Perth. Trip! Yep, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, we got there about three-ish or so, just before the con opened at four. Uh, three, quarter past three. <clears throat> something, something like that. Um, we snuck in as exhibitors. Because the Tabletop Scotland folk were nice enough to give us exhibitor badges. Because I'd like to state that we were running the pub quiz on the Saturday night. However, that was the only thing that we were doing. And as such, we got exhibitor passes because we're very jammy. We're We're aware of the privilege. I mean, we'll probably be doing more next year, but we'll come to that. I know, but still. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, we dropped off off our stuff at the Bring and Buy and then just basically played games the rest of the Friday, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, should we go through it? So Friday, yeah, we arrive. We drop, we kind of both... We all kind of go off, check in, come back, put things in the bring and buy, because I know you and me, E&M, had brought stuff, uh, yep. some some big bags. And then, yeah, we went upstairs to the bar, not to, you know, not to play on a stereotype, but we had a beer pretty much immediately after we arrived, and then we got out some games. Awesome. So we, yeah. play, we played uh, Turncoat by, I can't remember the name of the designer uh, company. Milda Matilda Games. The designer is Matilda Simonson with art and graphic design from David Masnato. And that it's a sort of little area control sort of little game with like a sort of War whispers kind of thing about sort of like allegiances to different factions. Comes in this beautiful little bag. Um, like it's glass beads, factions, fine for control. And yeah, it's, it's really good. I've written a review of it. It's up on the site. It's fantastic. You can get a print and play version. You do not need to wait the six... Well, actually, quite six a long time months. I waited for. At least six months. I think it was actually a little bit longer mm-hmm. than that. I waited for my copy because they're all handmade by um, Melda Matilda Games in Sweden. So yeah, if you want a copy, it takes a while to get to you because there's quite a backlog because one of the reasons I bought the game was that Shop and Sit Down reviewed it last October. 
Oh, and I think okay. that pushed a lot of review, uh, a lot of um, orders the company's away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it took a while to get to me, but it was great. Yeah, it's really good. I've read a number of you of it. It's going to permanently be on my con bag for going to conventions. Nice, it's awesome, <laughs> fantastic. So yeah. yeah, no, it was it was it was great. Um, I I felt it had a very War of Whispers, as you said, combined with the King is Dead Second Edition. Yeah, in that it's manipulating your kind of secret, although King is Dead not so secret um, allegiances. I thought it was all, I thought it was nice. The fact you have it, nice. I don't think I'd run out and get it, but it's good to have. Oh, I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually felt like the aesthetics of the cloth map and the beads didn't really work for me. It's a it's a beautiful, lovely object, and I understand that saying that is probably heresy. But the area control, the beads, and the map on the cloth, the three of them just none of them went together for me. Which really. I, 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 I like the map like that, yeah. Yeah. And I, on, you can like a game and just go, mm, it's not really, you know, something, either the aesthetics or something like that just doesn't work. Yeah. That's right. I mean, the, the craftsmanship that's gone into it is absolutely top notch. Oh, yeah. It's oh, an yeah. incredible thing. And this is purely personal taste. This is not a quality yeah, yeah. or. No, not quality. Not, or, I, I would agree. I, I think it is, it is gorgeous looking. But again, it's that wonderful handmade quality to it. Then we picked up some. You all, you picked up a game from the library, Jamie Rallyman GT that you can want to play. You and I, Ian C, went to went down to the games library to have a little yeah. look to see what was there because we basically went. I don't know. We've got games, but we didn't really want to play most of them at, at that time. <laughs> so we just went. Yeah, to something that, new. The library was being run by a company called Rent Shuffle and Roll, who do like um, sort. You can rent games from them online. Um. Uh, they had, a, they had a wonderful selection. It was really nice, really wide, uh, all-encompassing. One wee thing I think irked us slightly was last year we'd all played Mission Red Planet that they'd had, and we all really yes. enjoyed it. And we, we, we were all in the car going, let's play some Mission Red Planet. It's a game we all, I think we all enjoyed. Yeah. I don't think we'd yeah. own, but we enjoyed it. We're like, oh, yeah, let's play that again. It was not there. So yeah. I think we, Ian and I had a little chat, and I went, how about this game, Rallyman GT? Uh, it's by Holy Grail Games, and that company no longer exists, of course. It shut down in February the 14th, 2023. But yeah. it's, a, it's a racing game. Now, I have no real interest in racing as a sport. No, I, I, my, my heart sunk when you turned up, turned up with that. I was like, oh, racing game. <laughs> you know what? I've got to admit, you had to convince me, because Formula One is entirely not my thing. No, no I, I, and it's not even Formula yeah. Car racing, not my thing. Anyway, we sat down. And then there was modular tiles where you can make your own course. Cool. And then we played it. And I don't know about you guys. I really, really enjoyed it. I want to. Absolutely it was great. loved it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really and if you hadn't won, Ian, say if you're in someone's shoes like, I don't know, mine, what do you have thought about it? Oh, loser's shoes. I don't have to <laughs> occupy those shoes. No, it's, it's really good. It's a, I mean, I, I, I like a really good, I really love Push Your Luck as a mechanic. I mean, Lords of Vegas is my favorite game. Got a lot of push your luck in it, and I really, really like those mechanisms. And yeah, so very quickly, the controlled chaos of push your luck is great. Yeah, very quickly, it's a racing game. Yeah, racing game. But in order to use your movement, you have a series of dice, which are different gears. There is coasting along, which is basically you can stay in the same gear. And there are three brake dice. They have either blank faces for brake and coasting, or they have the numbers on the gear dice. But they also have exclamation marks in triangles. And you plan out how you're going to move your move your car. And 
then you choose to either roll all the dice that you're going to use at once or you do it one at a time. Uh, and if you get three or more of those exclamation marks, you spin out of control. And depending on what gear you're in when it happens, things can be okay, things can be bad. You can Your car can get damaged. Your car can get damaged so badly the weather changes. Uh, it entirely depends. <laughs> it crash so hard that it starts raining. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. But we, we ended up playing this game twice. Once uh, on Friday and once on Sunday. And... Yeah, I had a lot of fun with both of them. Yeah, Again, great. as you said, the push your luck, kind of choosing whether or not to roll them all at once, where you get tokens that you can lock dice for later on. Yeah. It's on Board Game Arena as well, folks, so if you want to try it out or you want to learn how it plays, there's actually quite a good little tutorial I went, I went and checked out. So there's a little tutorial that just shows you how the dice thing works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really good. For me, everything is in the theatre of the dice. Yeah. I... I don't think I'm going to be playing it online, even though I absolutely adored it. Um, yeah. I've got to admit, when, when we read the rules and we're like, okay, it's just a dice rolling game, I thought this is going to be, there will be the obvious path each turn. You roll the dice and you find out what happens. However, there's so much subtlety in the way you can stack those dice and move them around and roll them one at a time or just absolutely chuck them all down and see what happens. As I think yeah. exemplified by... I mean, this is skipping forward to Sunday, but it was the second time we played it. And I had been, you know, I'm not trying to brag here. I'd had a really good race. I'd been rolling surprisingly well. I'd got to the final corner and I was in the lead and I was really down in low gear. And these two, hmm, these two decided to throttle <laughs> up to like mid high gear. And in the game, after everyone's gone, whoever goes first is the person who has, uh, is in the highest gear, is going the fastest. And that was both the Ians. And they decided that the best way to do this was to block me at the very, very end. (laughs) I could have got through. I could have won if I had... Because I slowed down because I was just in a corner. Because if I'd come at a higher speed, I would have spun out and it would have been very bad. And we both risked everything, went up to the absolute maximum gear, basically hitting that corner at... 100 miles an hour and that's where the turn ended and we went into the next turn and both me and Ian had to roll all the brake dice slam right down to two miles yep. an hour crawl around this corner and just cut in front of Jamie it was so visceral you get so much emotion out of these dice yeah it's really good yeah I think so thinking another game that we really enjoyed but we might not own but maybe maybe it's one we play at conventions in the future yeah and then we played Marrakesh after that, which I don't think Ian had played before. I think we took a little break first. Or we went and spoke to people. Went and spoke to various people setting up, because there was a lot of setting up. So yeah, there was some very brief chats, but most of it was, um, hi, yep, lovely to see you, see you, speak to you later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went busy. downstairs to play games, didn't we? Yeah, so. And then we played, yes, then we played Marrakesh, which I'd brought. Um, I'd played it on Board Game Arena as one of our games nights, and I absolutely yep. fell in love with the game. And... I bought a copy and brought it along. Did you write a review? Yep. I don't even know what goes up on the site, and I'm part of it, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I know my opinion on Marrakesh. I know Ian's opinion on Marrakesh, Ian M's. Ian C, what was your opinion on Marrakesh? I loved it. I loved it. My favorite genre of con game is where you turn up, you open the box, and by the time the box and the table and the board are complete, the rules are explained, and you go, that that can't be everything. And then you have half an hour to 40 minutes of going, 
you guys are the worst people I have ever met because you put your carpet right in the worst place and I am never talking to either of you again. Very quickly, Marrakesh is, you are all carpet merchants in Marrakesh. There is a, a square board and there is a little man in the middle called Assam. Mm-hmm. And you roll to move Assam every turn. Before you move you before you move him, you can choose to orient him straight ahead, immediately to the left or immediately to the right. After you've moved, you can choose to place one, or you have to place one of your carpets down. And if Assam lands on one of your carpets on your turn, you're fine. If he lands on one of your opponent's carpets, you have to pay that person one coin, because you've got a stack of like 35, for every contiguous carpet. So you can have some obscenely large area control. And it gets ridiculous quickly, and all the felt carpets that come with it are lovely, adds a nice little, quite literally, depth and layer to the game. Uh, well, the, the, the core of that game is the directional stuff. Oh, the directional like, stuff the, is... The carpet stuff is like high score points, but the directional stuff... So basically, Assam is either facing... when Before you move, so every turn you get, you, you get to move Assam, and you, he's either facing forward, left, or right, and then you roll a dice, and you choose which direction he's going to move in. And as at the start, it's easy to avoid people's carpets, but as it goes on, you're sort of trying to push people towards your areas and away from their own and things like that, and you're trying to lay little traps. And that, that's really the core of that game is like, like manipulating that that sort of dice to like be in your favor. Basically, it's it's really cool. It's a really cool. The game, the production's fantastic, just great. Mm. There's a new production out from Gigamac in the last year or so. You can get that through Hachette and most board it's- game stores. And actually, speaking of, speaking of Hachette, because Hachette had a stand at, uh, I was going to say UK Games Expo. They probably did, but this is Tabletop Scotland. They, def- they definitely and, did. <laughs> they definitely did, yeah. But at Tabletop Scotland, they brought along a giant version of Marrakesh. Yeah. Which I every time I looked it. over, I saw people playing it. And I was both really glad, because I love the game, as you can tell, but also really annoyed, because I wanted to play the large Marrakesh. I was going to ask Richard if he could magic it away. <laughs> This is a reference to Richard from We're Not Wizards, who was part of the Hachette team for this uh, Tabletop Scotland and was demoing all weekend. Yeah, it's fun. Last week. I, think after, I think after Marrakesh, did we have dinner? We had tea and then did we come back in? I don't remember. Anyway. War, uh, we then, War of Whispers was played at some point. because We then played uh, War of Whispers. Yeah. Again, play that. again, one I know what I think about it. Yeah. I know what Jamie thinks about it. <laughs> because we both own it. Um, yeah. I was about to say, Ian, so yeah, we both own it. Uh, this is the game of spies and allegiances that are, that are shifting constantly on a circular board and five nations that you can care about and then next round no i don't care anymore you're basically you're basically playing like the sparrow out of game of thrones or someone yeah. like that you're a spy master behind the throne uh, like power behind the throne various spy organizations infiltrating the upper echelons of various kingdoms i'm pretty sure ian won so it's probably good he did oh he did <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it yes yeah <laughs> i realize a lot of this is going to be for at least for the beginning is ian we've played this what did you think <laughs> <laughs> i so i have been champing at the bit to play this for a year That's and a every time it's not quite lined up and then yeah this, this was i i loved it for a game in which you are a power broker in the shadows manipulating the armies and nations and actions of all these nations it's incredibly straightforward. Um, yeah. and the, the hour circle just tells you what's happening all the time. Yeah. Also, I, it's so nice. So it's very quickly, just to say, that circular board on the outside, it has, you know, the turns go exactly the same, like they follow the exact same structure every single time. 
And the fact that is around the outside of the board is absolutely gorgeous. And I love that because you're you're going, okay, we're here. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. it's difficult to lose track. Yeah. It's yeah. Re- it's a really easy game to like 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 you said with like Marrakesh, it's it kind of looks a bit it's a little bit more complicated, but actually the explanation for the rules is really easy. I, mean, I find that yeah. I find that with a lot of board games. A lot of you know, maybe outside oh. of maybe GMT. But uh, a lot of stuff you front load. I know, I know. But you know, you you end up front loading with a lot of information. You go, this makes no sense. Let's play it. Oh, this is this is is actually not bad at all, or it's quite quite simple. Yeah. So yeah, War of Whispers, big thumbs up. Yeah, I've got to say, uh, this was Friday night at the con. Was already quite tired. New game, learning a new game, and in ten minutes, literally everything's on the board. So within ten minutes, that was it. Yeah, everything is internalized, and everything. All of the mental games. load is just stored on the board. So you can just think about screwing over the nations. You can just internalize, okay, my secret alliances are, I hate the snake nation and I like the lion nation. So I'm going to make the lion nation beat up the snake nation. Um, yep. <laughs> it was that <laughs> nice that moment it. where, or a funny moment where we all kind of, I think, subconsciously realized, I think we all have a very similar thing here. Hmm. We're not just gonna. We're not gonna say anything, obviously. But let's just uh, let's just destroy this nation. How do we feel about okay about that? Yeah, yeah. We'll just let this yeah. one go. Just, Bye. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look! You're building up armies in this place that no one's going to attack. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> after that, it was a quick game of King's Breakfast. The it was King's Breakfast by Alan Moon. Alan R. Moon. Yes. Yes. Again, a game that I'd played uh, via. Games Night, thank you to Robert, uh, who regular Games Nighter. Wonderful. And I, I, I really liked the game. I was charmed by it yeah. when we first played it. And I think it's a nice, quick, silly yeah. little thing oh. about eating food and a little bit of kind of stock, almost stock market manipulation, but not stocks, if that yeah. makes sense. And then we got yeah. kicked out, basically, about halfway through nope. the game of Longshot. Well, well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Very quickly, King's Breakfast, uh, card game, eight different suits of food, and a bunch of dragon cards. Your aim is to get, and there's a king who just sits on the board. The aim is to get um, food less than or equal to the number of portions that the king has of a particular food. So if the king has five beer, you can have up to five beer and you'll score points for that. If you have six, you'll get no points for beer. Because how dare you have more than the king? And it's going around very, it's like a very simple going round. Taking, I think we had a three-way you know, tie in Ian Hart, if I remember right. We did have a three-way tie. Yeah. I can't remember how we decided the winner. Anyway. We had a three-way tie, well, but uh, Ian won. Yes. Ian. Oh, yes. Ian, Ian, not me. I'm not talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> you could be. Classic. Okay, yeah, so King's Breakfast was very quick, and then we were joined by um, some very fun faces, including Kenny. Uh, Kenny Lee, who Ian and I... Sorry, Kenny was volunteering, and... Ian and I have gamed with a fair bit in Glasgow. And then yeah. Kenny brought out one of the new games that he bought, which was Longshot the Dice Game. And Ian is holding up his copy, which we'll get to that later. <laughs> Longshot the Dice Game. It's horse racing. It's betting on horses. It's a roll and write. I care for none of these things, and yet I really enjoyed Longshot. Yeah. Quick proviso. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't care for horse racing either, but yeah, Longshot was great. I bought as Ian, That's how much as I Ian said... It. As Ian said, we were kicked out halfway through because it was about 10 to 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. But we were very in, we were, we were deep in the GGs. Yeah. 
Uh, and we were staying in the Royal uh, Perth Royal, uh, Royal Perth Golfing Society, which abbreviates to RPGs, hilariously. It was nice. It was about a 20-minute walk through the centre of Perth. Yeah. Stayed elsewhere. Yeah, you did. not going to name the place because I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So Saturday, yeah, and then we all we all met up. No, so so <clears throat> Ian and I went and got pencils and stuff for the pens, sorry, and stuff for the quiz because we needed it because we realised we hadn't yeah. got any pens and we didn't know how many people were turning up. We'd uh, we planned for forty teams, so. Which was correct. Great Which was correct, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then we met. We all met up and managed to sneak in again because exhibitor passes. So we managed to bag a couple of seats. Yeah, and... we some seats. And we, did, we, we didn't do any audio interviews because I sort of realised that I can do the job of reviewing the column without interrupting people. And especially on the Saturday, everyone was incredibly busy. And I didn't want to take time away from exhibitors doing that. So we went, we went and spoke to some folk. Like uh, I went and spoke to like... Um, John, Paul, and Malcolm from... Uh, I make them sound like the Beatles or something. Uh, John, Paul, <laughs> and Malcolm. John, pa- John Malcolm Paul, and Malcolm from Handiwork Malcolm Games. was the one that changed all the drum skins on Ringo's kit. <laughs> he, he wasn't. Uh, Handiwork Games are a Scottish RPG publisher. They publish uh, the Beowulf 5th um, uh, edition game, which is a, it's a two-player uh, adaption of the 5th edition rules. Um, and they also publish... 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. And um, they also published a new version of A-State, which is Forged in the Dark. So it's based on the Blaze in the Dark system. And they've got some other stuff on the way. Do you go and check this out? Who else do we speak to? I'm just basically looking at my review to remember. We, 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 we do a great deal of people. Yeah, we stopped by the Hatchet Games stall to, mostly to annoy Richard. Um, hi, Richard. Uh, hi, Richard. Um, also to say hello to Adam, who is uh, was used to work at Static Games in Glasgow and now works at a very nice Mexican deli, also in Glasgow. And is an absolutely lovely guy. Hello, Adam. It was nice to see you. It was nice to see Richard as well. It was also nice to meet Ian, who had affairs on. Oh, yes. Another Ian who had affairs yes. on. There were a lot of civilians, but, you know, it's a Scottish column, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, you know, fair enough. There's a high density of Ians. And, yeah, it's understandable. They're not a dangerous I, 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 density. I mean, there, is, there are laws to prevent, like, a dangerous density of Ians. Is there anyone you want to shout out, Ian C.? Um, it was lovely to meet some of the Nisei games. Sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. No signal. It was, yeah. yeah, it was lovely to meet some of the No Signal games people. Who else? There yeah, was... Ronan McGarry was there. He's an, uh, an old friend of mine doing demos of the current version of Netrunner, which No Signal games put out. Which I was very excited to play, but however, did not have the headspace to sort out my Netrunner collection to build any decks. He was carrying his Netrunner collection around with him. Like, yeah, like, like a precious child. Yeah. yeah, but you also built a deck in the car on the way to Perth. So. Yeah, he did. It's true. Yes. Uh, extremely excited to play Netrunner. I'd, I'd, I'd like to shout out um, Fiona, Kat, and Sadie from Sleepy Sparrow Games, uh, who used to run the Lucky Sparrow that Gaming sticker, Cafe. That sticker makes me very sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. They used to run the Lucky Sparrow Gaming Cafe, which is no more, sadly. And the, their new logo is like basically, it's, it's a dead sparrow. It's a that's sleeping a, sparrow, Ian. It's got its eyes read? crossed like it's in a cartoon dead. So I'm going to you watch the wrong sparrow. cartoons. It's 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 not dead. It's resting. It's resting. Uh, down with its legs. And there, yes, yes. Some people choose to sleep like that. Don't judge me. Uh, and their their game, which was crowdfunded recently, called Dead Air, which was a solo RPG about running a radio station uh, in a post cataclysmic. <laughs> Yep. situation i think i got a copy ian c's got a copy 
I got a copy. Yeah. Oh, we all got a copy. Fantastic. And yeah. as part of it, as part of their stall. And they, gave, and they gave us a copy for the pub quiz as well. They did and give us a copy of the pub quiz, which was lovely. Quiz. Yes. And as part of it, there was a map of Scotland. And if you bought a copy of the RPG, you got to decide where you wanted to nuke. So, you know, nice and uh, nice and morbid. Just, it, just up from them was the Indie Collective, as well, sorry, the Indie Connection, which is way back in the day, I was part of a group called the Collective Endeavour, um, which was basically a bunch of small publishers that would come together at cons to share a table, uh, basically share costs, and put out put out games, sell games. And the Indie Connection is basically a new version of that. They're all small RPG publishers, sort of design-like stuff, journaling games, all sorts there. I picked up um, Be Seen You by Tanya Flocker which is a sort of prisoner-like RPG kind of thing, which sounds kind of interesting, but there's loads of interesting things on there, and it's really cool to see that kind of initiative happening again. The RPG scene at the moment in Scotland feels really vibrant. There's a lot going on, like there's handiwork, there's Indie Connection, Slay Industries are back with it, with uh, Force. I spoke to Jared Earl on the Sunday, who I'd previously interviewed for Meeting of Minds, who's, who was one of the sort of founding members of Slay Industries way back in the day. And that, that company's now back doing, sorry, Nightfall games, they're called. Not some, uh, Slay Industries is the role playing game they put out. But they also put out like the Terminator RPG and um, Stokerverse RPG as well. A couple of other things as well. Yeah, so it was, it was really good to speak to them. I'm hoping to interview Tanya at some point in the not too distant future because I've been meaning to for a while. We, we also had a very nice meeting with Corey Davis from Hive Mind Games. Corey is yeah. a regular uh, commenter on our Discord and is very helpful for bringing us uh, a lot of news that we might, we generally miss, and from what, some great insight. And she was incredibly complimentary. So if you're listening to this, Corey, thank you so much. It was absolutely lovely to yeah, see you, lovely. to speak to you. Well, and I picked, up, yep, I picked up a copy yep. of Corey's zine called Brother Why, which is two silly kind of card-based role-playing games about... Bible passages and ridiculous medieval art. Yeah, like genuine, it, it looks gorgeous. The ridiculous medieval art, like the medieval it's, art, is taken yeah, it's from genuine, genuine yeah. like uh, genuine. I was about to say manuscripts, but I don't mean manuscripts. It, 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 yeah, yeah, manuscripts. Illustrated manuscripts. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so we popped by the folk from Little King's Crown, who we really enjoyed their game last. We played a a, a version of it last year. Uh, yeah, and really enjoyed by it. My friend Simon and yes, and Ian. It was just, it was four oh. of us. Oh, it was yeah, four it was... of us, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, uh, we got to play like uh, a couple of quick rounds of that. See how it progressed. It's looking really good. They've had some help from Leader Games, and it shows. Which makes a lot of sense. There's lots of really nice wooden screen printed meals. <laughs> it's like, yeah, hmm, this I particular marker. Of Leader Games. This particular marker looks completely unique and is you know a wooden screen printed meeple. I think I know who has a hand. But I know yeah. that's coming to Kickstarter, or I think it's Kickstarter, maybe another crowdfunding, in, in early October. So yeah. if you saw the old King's Crown, if you played it, if you enjoyed it, there you go, October. And it is a yeah. good wee game. I, I, I enjoyed playing it again. I, I, caught, uh, I found you and Simon at one point playing uh, Featherweight Fiesta. Oh, Featherweight Being, Fiesta, yeah. Birds into the Sky off of off a string. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for games that have... You do something interesting with the box and have an interesting table presence. This one is both. So you lay the box, two halves of the box lengthwise, and it contains wooden poles and elastic cord that you basically string together to make a series of telegraphs. And then you have to put birds, which have you know a little, basically little shaped paper or cardboard, 
uh, put them on the wires so that you'll fulfilling basically selfies. So it's like, you know, three pink birds in a row or two birds of this particular species and one baby bird of this particular species. So when you put all the birds on the wire, you then have the second half of the game, which is you then need to, one at a time, pull down on one of the bird's tails and ping off as many birds as possible until only one bird is left on that wire. If a single bird is left, you complete another objective. Avian cruelty. Yeah, well, it very much reminded me... It very much reminded me of that Pixar short, which I cannot remember the name of, but it's the one big bird and the lots of tiny birds on the wire. And I can remember the, oh. the big bird going... It's called, it's called For the Birds. Ah, For the Birds. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, talking about games with like cool table presents, when the, when the box does stuff, we play Stomp the Plank. Stomp the Plank. Which, now, this yeah, was like the new hotness not too long ago. UK, I think UK Games Expo was where I saw a lot of chatter coming from about it. And it's well-founded, I'm not going to lie. I bought a copy straight afterwards because I, I fell for it hard. Again, It's, it's very book, stupid, but it's lovely. It's not I stupid, it. it's lovely. So it plays stupid, up to, plays up to love, four players. Everyone plays a little, an elephant with a little pirate hat and swimming costume. And the board itself is the back of the box, which has some magnets on it. And there are four planks that you have to put down, which are also magnetized. You put your elephants at the, well, on the ship at the uh, back end of the plank. And then it's mostly a push your luck game. You've got a series of cards that you got to draw one at a time. At any time you can stop. And if you stop, there are certain uh, weighted discs. I mean, it's little wooden circles. But every other player has to put them on the end of their planks. If, however, you draw a doubler, or a copy of a card, you bust out and have to move your elephant one space along the plank, therefore changing the weight distribution. And that keeps going on until either one person successfully draws, I believe it's seven or eight cards in a row, that without any doubles. Six. Six, sorry, thank you. Or you are the last elephant standing still on the ship on a plank. Now, the first game he played... Ian Chandler won very, very quickly. <laughs> and Adam was Adam was demoing us this, and he turned around and went, you've won? What? And just started laughing, because it doesn't happen very often. Just Everything wrist, else. Wrist it. Went you wrist, for it. You wrist it, you know, big time plays. You won. And then the rest yeah. of them was collapsing fun. Yeah, no, it's good. I can, uh, I can understand the joy of it. It's, it's a really cool little thing. Uh, what else do we get to on the Saturday? I stopped, but uh, I caught up with Justin Morgan Davies from Bad Cat Games to play their his, their new game, Dream Escape, which is sort of like a solo Cthulhu adventure kind of thing. It's kind of interesting. I can see a lot of potential for it. It's coming to Kickstarter quite soon. I'm not a big solo game player, so it's not kind of for me. But there's a lot of people that really like Cthulhu Mythos, and it dives deep into that. So I can see it doing pretty well when that comes to crowdfunding. My partner Fiona picked up Water's Edge, which is a beautiful little card game. It's gorgeous. Um, by Catherine Redcape, which includes a multiple cards which form together one very tall lighthouse. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so we puzzled over the rule book late at night and we're quite tired. And then... Well, it wasn't even late at night. It was like <laughs> mid, mid to late afternoon. And you gave yeah. it to Ian M to, to look and you just went... I, I I don't understand this. I'm too tired. Uh, energy, I don't know. Was that not the Sunday? 
I think that was Sunday, no. wasn't it? No, because he was no, because he wasn't there on Sunday. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, was was Sunday. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it must be. It must be on the Saturday. Yeah, again, t- time occasionally has no meaning, um, especially when you're just in a hall for most of the day. I mean, the day was packed. I mean, you know, you look yeah. at the numbers and it was, what, two yeah. odd thousand people, and it felt like we, that. We, we did get our first full game long shot with Fee and we your did. friend. My friend Will. Will? Yeah. 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 So we got the first of game. many full games. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, we passed by the Common Ground games. We passed by Common Ground games in Sterling. And I'd seen that there was a copy of Longshot the Dice Game, and I went to Ian. I basically <laughs> ran to him and went, Ian, Longshot's available. And uh, I, I almost nagged him into getting it. And I was very lucky because it was gone very quickly. And then, yeah, then I gave Steve a common ground some of my money, and I had a copy of Longshot. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really neat little game. It's got a lot of interaction. It feels like the roll and write feels part of a bigger game rather than just being the thing. Which I think is what I like about it, uh, and yeah, it's it's cool. And there's, I, 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 there's a bunch of different horse. Like you can play with like different horses, and you can buy horses and horses of powers, and there's all sorts of things like that in it. But you can buy like different horse packs from the publisher. They're only available in the states. So I might put together a cabal to order some, and cut down on shipping for all of us. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm really working on that. I really enjoyed Longshot. I mean, when we were chatting about the Formula One racing game, I was going to say this is my standout smash hit of the con, but actually, that goes to Longshot. Yeah, Do you know what? Like I, I was going to say the same. I check. Maybe more. I, I'd say like four or five. Yeah. But yeah, I was. I would say the same. I was like, oh, Rallyman GT was a lot of fun. Actually, we managed to get more games of Longshot, and I'm happier about the fact we got so many more games of Longshot. We played yeah. four games of Longshot in total, one of okay. which was the half game. Oh, okay. Well, it, feels, it feels much less. Uh, sorry, much more. Sorry. That's good. It's good, I promise. Uh, you, Ian M, had picked up... Oh, sorry, Ian. On you go. I was just going uh, to reiterate, Longshot is a... It's kind of mix of roll and write, horse racing, gambling. Um, you have a shared board in the middle with horse pieces on it, um, which is a... It's a race. Um, the first horse to cross the finish line finishes, wins the money for the owner, and you have your own wee personal roll and write board where you mark off things in each turn somebody rolls a dice and everybody does an action based on that dice, which is something like buy that horse or put a bet on that horse or put a jersey on that horse, which allows you to essentially bribe that horse to drag other horses along with it. Um, and in yeah. traditional roll and write, uh, there's a wee matching grid. Once you complete bits on the grid, you get special powers like moving horses around or putting other bids. And all the horses have their own special power, which is various gambling and betting things now i'm not a huge fan of roland rights like as as a genre i mean i've played not a huge amount um i can't remember the name of the game it's the railway one it's the famous railway one railroad inc thank you very much played railroad inc a couple of times and i was i don't want to sound contrary i was kind of underwhelmed um and I just really enjoyed the interactivity with other players hmm. that you could have yeah. in Longshot, which I think was missing, especially from Railroad Inc. And the racing, the race bit of it feels tense. Yes, like but of course it can get really more ahead. And there's there's a there's an interesting thing where there's like there's like odds on different horses crossing the line, and some horses move, basically move less than others. But you can manipulate those things and you can change things. So there's there's loads of ways to like win. Basically, there's loads of paths through that. There's not like, and it feels like you, 
can improvise quite a lot. It feels like you can like change your sort of like ideas from turn to turn quite quite frequently, which I really like. It was, like. A, it was also a large like a part. Path. It was a large part, especially the last game, because one of the bonuses you can get if you fill in rows or columns of your uh, numbered grid is horses can move forward or backwards. Uh, and there was a lot of there was a lot of moving horses forward and a, and a, even more of moving horses backwards. So people had a lot of money on, for example, number five. And it was about to win, and then it got moved back, and um, yeah, it got moved back again at another point, and suddenly everything was more up in the air. And it was almost like there was. I had previously purchased number five and stood to win a lot of money should it cross the finish line. I mean, it did that. not cross the finish line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. but we we we. I promise we did play other things apart from fake horse race. I'll I'll teach you to back a confused horse. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, I, know, I, I know Ian that you bought uh, Men at Work from Men at Work. Also. Bring and Buy. Yeah, I got Men at Work from Bring and Buy. So Men at Work is a dexterity game from a few years ago. It's fairly recent, uh, but basically you are putting structures on a construction site along with little worker dudes with all uh, adorable little plastic hard hats. The the workers are all little wooden men, and um, you are the game's really good in that it encourages building of ridiculous structures because there are two ways to win basically be the last person with safety certificates because you can cause accidents by making things fall over but the other way to win is to get points based on putting the highest thing on the bo- on the structure during a turn you get yeah but the way this game set up I've, I've played it twice once was quite a few years ago i never saw that played it with you ian i never saw that because it's a dexterity game and therefore, it's lots of minute balancing and things falling over. And you see, you see that more frequently in large. We only played it two player very quickly. Fair. And you see yeah. that more at like three, four player camp because the cards are going through quicker. Fair. We, I had an hour, almost hour and a half long game of it on my last Wednesday night games night because it just like no one got out, or I, I, I went out pretty fast, but everyone else was like still playing. And you, you just reshuffle the decks, so you just keep going through it. It was incredibly tense. Watching you and your love of structural integrity. Yeah, I'll be writing a review of that one up for the site once I've played it a little bit more. But yeah, it's great. Really good men at work. But the highlight of the con, probably, for me and it was Saturday night, we're running the pub quiz. Yes. Um. So Ian joined us for that. Come, uh, I, I meant to bring him a giant brain shirt, but I completely forgot. You said Ian joined um, us. I mean, let's not lie. Ian, you have been... You may not be with the podcast right now, but you are a giant brain through and through because somehow you yeah. wanted to keep with us for the weekend. And it was very lovely. And thank <laughs> yeah, you very much yeah. for stepping in Happy. and being a fantastic... Um, stats master. Stats, yeah, stats wrangler, because it was, yeah, it was so great. Ian was telling us of a scoring and stat wrangling and that kind of thing. It was great. Thank you very much, Ian, for that. Uh, um, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I know special? that this stressed out Ian a great deal, this quiz. Yeah. Because um, uh, the first time we've ever done that kind of thing, so I spent yeah. a couple of weeks stressing out about it. Um, but yeah, we got through. We got to it. Uh, we had twenty eight teams. Got it done in about an hour fifty or thereabouts, and we were aiming for about an hour and a half. Uh, so five five rounds. Round. Yeah, one star. Well, one star review round, a picture round, an RPG focused round, and a Jeopardy style round, and another one and an IP round. An IP round. Yeah, uh, which I put together. Which was five, we brought out ten, or ten names of games. Ten names of games, five of which are real games based on intellectual properties, and five of which are fake, I made them up. That was good round. And it was very interesting, because certain things like, I can say this now, um, 
Cluedo Murder, she wrote, or Cluedo Colombo does not exist, but Cluedo Metallica does. Yeah. Yes. Or the Firefly collectible card game does not exist, but the Austin Powers collectible card game absolutely does. And the SimCity one does. I loved it. I don't think, any, I don't think anyone got the SimCity one. Maybe no. Or maybe uh, one person. You weren't there for the 90s CCG glut people. No. no. <laughs> so many terrible card games. No, I was learning to walk in the early 90s. Oh, shush. <laughs> so yeah, was- a deep cut you can't see it audience at home but ian just crumbled into dust yeah literally a methuselah but no it was really good uh, we had a really good time running it it was very sweaty it was very warm up there so we got we were very very warm but it was really good fun uh we're probably good we're going to be doing it next year i would think as well we've been threatened with like a big a big arena to do in 500 seater um yeah. we had a couple of technical issues but thankfully i mean one of them was mic related and there was nothing we could really do because one mic was a bit older and was a bit less yeah. powerful than the other, which one I ended up having, which even with me projecting like an actor voice, uh, it didn't really work. Uh, but yours actually was so, the game was up so high, you were getting some feedback a lot. Yeah, it was, it was very sensitive for directional. So like if you pointed it anywhere near, like even in the direction of one of the speakers, it would like sort of just like feedback a little bit. I will say, as someone who was officially there in capacity to sit behind a desk and basically heckle the two of you and watch the quiz go on, I had a wonderful time. You two, it was brilliant to watch the two of you basically just turn on the charm and um, the atmosphere was fantastic. People had an incredible time and yeah, it was quick, it was snappy. Um, very little downtime and people seem to really enjoy the questions so yeah I had a wonderful time and I think a lot of people in the audience had a really good time as well yeah we had a few people come up to us the next day and after, afterwards and thank us for the quiz and everything we had some nice prize pools as well basically I took my review copies from across the year and we divided, divided them up into three piles of games uh, and gave those out as prizes for the top three we also had a prize for the smallest team that did the best they got a bunch of button shy games uh, that was a team of two yeah, if I remember rightly. Yes. And we also had a prize for the best team name, which was the Dixit Chicks. Dixit Chicks. And the smallest team that did the best was uh, I'm Flying Without Wingspan. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Who had an honorable mention for best team name. Yeah. Runner absolutely. There were some wonderful team names. And yep. I said at the very beginning to everyone, I was like, listen. I know what gamers are like. Can we keep the names, the team names, relatively family friendly, please? And they which, did. Which did. And I think some of the creativity was amazing. Yeah. There, there was great, also there a number of names in there. There was a number of um, ones trying to butter us up. For example, there was a reverse acronym. There was an acronym. Which it took us until the very end of the quiz to realize it was the reverse <laughs> very acronym. End. And I believe, yeah. was that not Bez's team? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Yep. She was, yep. she was a bit kind of like, did you not notice? And we were like... We did not until the, the very end, story. yeah, I didn't notice at all. Then there was the team that is... Special shout out to the Lucky Sparrow crew, in particular, I think Fiona, um, who were a nightmare and changed their name every single round, which meant the spreadsheet just had a blank space and me going, who, who is this team? Track them down, find them, Jamie. Yes, told them were, bar, it, I've told them they're barred from next year's pub quiz. <laughs> well, I told them they were, they were allowed in with gusto. Oh, um, right. They were also a team that, that submitted two answer sheets for the last round, one of which was um, entirely filled with drawings of bugs. Yep. They, they were good drawings of bugs. Hey, they were good drawings so, of bugs. So after that, 
we all went back to our various accommodations and slept. And then it was Sunday. And we started off the day... That is how time progresses, yes. Yeah, exactly. That is is how time (laughs) progresses, apparently. Just to come back to Saturday, um, my wife and my toddler came up on Saturday, as well as some friends who also have a toddler, uh, Will and Kira, and their wee one. Um, And overall... I just want to say Tabletop Scotland was brilliant for toddlers. Um, there was not a dedicated kid zone like there was last year, but the toddlers still really had a good time. And my wee one just had a great time running around. So quite what literally. Watching you, watching you chase Russell around was absolutely hilarious. He's quite see Russell, So it was just like you'd gone mad and just like ran off down the corridor for no reason at all. You couldn't see Russell. You just looked like you'd like... Decide to like run out, almost run into a wall for no good reason. It was it was lovely to see uh, lovely to see your wife, lovely to see your Ian. Um, he's looking absolutely wonderful. Love his curly hair. And it's a good it's a good demographic tabletop scale. That's one of the really nice things about it. Like there's, I was yeah. to, we were talking to Malcolm Craig about this as well from the, the Handywear Games team. It's like the the demographics changed a lot over the last sort of decade or so like it's like there's more families there's more there's more women coming to these things it's, it's just much more diverse than it was before which is great i mean there's still some stuff that needs change and needs addressing but in general like these com- like conventions like this are attracting a wide variety of people coming along to them which is fantastic yeah Very good. it was brilliant watching effectively the hardcore gamers and so many of them were just families with a toddler sitting on a knee like a whole family group yeah um yeah, there were um, very few zones where I was like, as a guy, I slot in perfectly here. <laughs> there was very few. Okay, this is the all male room. Um, yeah, it was by and large just a a good demographic split, which is. And I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'd like to point out as well. There was lots of stuff going on that we had absolutely no involvement in. Um, there was, there was RPG arc- area upstairs. There was massive RPG that ran all weekend. Um, Tom Mannering, ex um, Unlucky Frog, was one of the GMs for the weekend. Said he had a great time. Um, big RPG just- event. Yep. Peter Hopkins was and Toronto the Flame were running at. Peter joined us for a game of Stomp the Plank as well, and became absolutely addicted to it, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, oh, it was it was brilliant. I mean, he loves. Arkham Horror, so Eldritch Horrors, Chance That You Cannot Reason With, uh, Random Executions, that is. (laughs) Random Walking to the Planks. (laughs) Yeah, there was a Crokinole Championships, there was... um, There was uh, some Underworlds Championships as well. There was, there was Warhammer Underworlds, there was, I was going to say Stomp the Plank, it's not, it's not Walk the Plank, it's... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Walk the Plank. It's called. It's Walk the Plank. There we go. There's yeah, Walk gi- the there's Plank giant, going on. Giant, giant Walk the Plank competitions. There was things. multiple yeah, games of Blood on the Clock Tower going on. Um, yep. In like in individual rooms and just in one part of one of the halls, there was a whole bit set up for a game called Dead Man's Hand, which was a minis game from. Ooh, I can't remember the name. I'm afraid, um, but I think it's Aces and Eights was the basis of it. There was. There was people setting up a game of War Room, which was a huge, I mean, huge circular board um, that usually takes multiple hours to play. Yep. I think they finished it. There was the yeah, Twilight did. Imperium tables that sat up, set up, sorry, um, a few tables away from us on the yeah. Saturday. And um, despite having toddlers running past them shouting, they 
started the game, took a break for some food, and finished the game. In way one day? before it being thrown out. Yeah. Wow. I had a yeah, I had a quick chat with them. They're apparently pretty good and pretty speedy at them. They they played with the full expansion as well. So this was a, l- was a long game. All in. Yeah. Yeah. There was, and, there was those people playing Voidfall as well, one of the new huge games. I think we we're sitting there watching that, going, "Wow, that looks gorgeous." Um, oh, well, anyway, Sunday. Uh, yeah, Sunday. So we started off nice and simple with a game of chaos in the old world. Chaos in the old world. Guess who owns it? And guess who won? <laughs> Spoilers. Um, no. Guess who sold his copy before it became really expensive? Guess who'd never heard of it until he started joining board games and went, "Damn, I wish I'd bought that." I think I also tried to make you an offer for one of your copies at the t- 2019 Tabletop Scotland, Ian. For reference, I bought Chaos in the Old World and um, then had a delivery mix-up and ended up buying a second copy of the Chaos in the Old World. So, it's a game that goes second-hand for about £150-£200. Yes. Those, if, you so, don't have, if, if you don't know it, it's um, designed by Eric Lang... Um, you know, who does like Blood Rage and Rising Sun and Ank, those big ones. It's set in the Warhammer Fantasy world where four players play the four chaos gods. And pretty much you're all competing against each other in what's called the great game to ruin the old world and be the most powerful. And it's wonderfully asymmetric uh, in that you've, well, it's asymmetric in as much as you've all got different ways to get points yeah. and different powers, but you are still plonking your cultists and demons on a map and beating the snot out of each other. It's got a strongly randomized element. There's dice and things like that in there. So if you don't like that kind of thing, probably best to avoid. But yeah, it's really good fun. Like it, it, it feels it feels chaotic, like it, it should do. Yeah. It's solid, what, 10, 15 years old and predates yeah. Blood Rage, Ankh, Comet, all of these giant area control games that we know as like the standards of the hobby. But yeah, I was very very impressed how well it held up yeah it's, yeah it still feels pretty modern i think yeah i really i i, I mean i took to it very well not might be because i love warhammer fantasy but i think even outside that yeah i got it i picked it up i did very badly but i had fun despite what my face that was tripping me for most of it was was saying um, for context jamie was nurgle who scores huge points when the old world is brought into ruin um, our friend Simon was Corn, who chased us all around the map. Um, Ian was Slanesh, and I was Zinch. Um, so Ian Slanesh homes in on these nobles who sit on the map and just wants to corrupt and ruin them. Dance. Just dance. Just dance. <laughs> uh, Simon's Corn wanted to absolutely fight us everywhere. Kill everything. Um, kill everything. As long as he killed something in a different region, he was happy. Um, and my Zinch. Um, Zinch, the god of just being a general arse, yeah. <laughs> screwing everyone else over. Yeah, um, god of cards and magic, basically. Yeah, um, we all set up in our own different little regions across this huge map. Simon's corn spread halfway up into the north, where me and Ian were just casually just ruining some areas. We yeah. evacuated, and that brought about Jamie's downfall because Jamie's Nurgle would right. have. Right completely ruined the entire map had Corrin not spread in and right. us out. Thing is, I got to the point where I could buy an upgrade card, or I could purchase an upgrade card, and my upgrade card I picked was when areas get ruined, which is a major part of it, 
I would gain points no matter what. Even if I don't score anything, I'd still gain points. And I was banking on everyone ruining region. We didn't ruin a single region. Game Were any regions ruined by the time Ian no inevitably won? No. No, of course not. Not me. Or the other Ian. Yeah, I know. Other Ian. This was, this was entirely based on Corin just suddenly spreading into the north into these yeah. little safe zones and me and Ian fleeing them. And yeah. all, th- all three of us fleeing them, to be honest. Yeah. At the end of the game, effectively 99% of the game was ruined, but nothing had quite tipped over into Nurgle's territory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Don't think we got I still had a lot of fun. Don't think we got up to a huge amount more for the rest of the day. I went and spoke to a couple of folk. We went and spoke to some of the game, guys from Inspiring Games. Some more Rally Man GT. Spoke to Jared Earl, some Rally Man GT, where we bought Jamie from winning, because that's how you play Rally Man GT. You make sure Jamie Cock- doesn't win. Cockroach Poker, in which Ian, oh, yeah, uh, Ian yeah. M ate, uh, ate so much like a chump. <laughs> I was just trying to get one of each. Is that not how uh-huh, you win? Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. We had one of those thoroughly enjoyable experiences in Cockroach yes. Poker where Jamie and Simon um, Simon joined us for Cockroach Poker and he slapped down a card, passed it to Jamie and Jamie instantly went, no it's not, yes it is, no it's not, yes it is for all four of the cards and just passed them straight back to Simon every time. So I'm going to make a little yeah. reference here. I don't, there's a uh, the TV show Taskmaster in series nine, there is a situation where they play a game called Horse or Laminator, uh, where simply <laughs> contestants have to guess if what is on the, the table behind them is a horse or a laminator. And Joe Brand gets it right something like 19 or 20 times in a row. I am not Joe Brand for many reasons, but that level of just like four in a row, just going, yep, 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 no, no, yep, scared me. Just, just probably. Yeah, I know. Okay, Ian, thank you. Basically, Jamie manifested a psychic power and we all watched him use it. Instead of winning the lottery, instead of controlling the United Nations, he took control of this game of cockroach poker and forced our poor friend Simon to take a frog, a cockroach, a spider, also known as the spider of the house. <laughs> the, the, the scorpion of the house. Scorpion of the, the land. Of the house. And a it. bat, the scorpion of the air. Yeah, there were a lot of strange names came up in that game. I think yeah. spring, spring Scorpion, the Scorpion was the spider of the desert. I remember that one. So yeah, this was day three of the con when our brains had thoroughly melted. We arranged to play Chaos in the Old World first thing to use up the last of our brain power, yep. yeah. and then went into the rest of the day with effectively zero brain power remaining. Yep. We went yeah, Running Man GT, Cockroach Poker, yeah. and then we finished off with a game of. Long shot, we played five players. Simon and his son Alex joined us. And Alex, for his first time, just yeah. pretty much wiped the floor with us. Yep. He turned it. Very yep. good. Yeah, we got out there about three or four, I think. About uh, just yeah. after four o'clock. After after saying after saying all our goodbyes, you know, so many people to say goodbye yeah. to. Yeah, it was nice. It was, yeah, we did a round of goodbyes and headed off. Just to say, we, we've chatted about all the stalls we've seen. We've not chatted about Bez. She ran a an incredible stall this year. Um, oh one of the first things I did was say, oh, there's Bez. Uh, we ran over to see Bez and Bez went, hey, it's been at least two months since you've seen me. So here are the <laughs> 25 new games that I have invented in this time. Um, Bez oh, is shame. prolific. And I, yeah, I, I love Bez. She's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, if you, 
If you don't know Bez, uh, one of her games, Yogi, aka In a Bind, In a Bind, In a Bind, is probably my favorite game. Um, I played it the day after my wedding with my then 95 year old gran, and it is a game where you pull a card, you give it to someone, and they have to do that pose, which sounds fine. It's something like put your finger in your nose, only these cards stack. So by the end of the game, you are all in fits of giggles. It's like um, sort of Twister, but you're using your body as the board. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. I've never played it, but it's hilarious to watch me all play it. It is like, wonderful. It themselves. is it's the fastest rules to just creasing up with laughter of any game I know. And that is worth everything to me. I love it. I would recommend it to everyone. Um, so yeah, Bez has tons and tons of games. Yogi's my favorite, but yeah, um, her stall was fantastic. And yeah. always very full whenever we pass by, which was lovely yeah. to see. Always busy. Yeah. Tons of people. Yeah. So we got back home. Thankfully, Ian drove us back to Glasgow and then drove back to Edinburgh, which was very, very kind. Um, but and then the, come to Edinburgh next year. Yeah, I know, because the official big announcement. News. Big news. Uh, the, oh wait a second I mean, I we're not announcing it we'd like to make that very clear yeah we're not announcing it but, but still here's the big news it's not an exclusive no that's not a, that's, a, that's a rim shot that's not a, a oh well uh, Tabletop Scotland is moving from the Dewar Centre in Perth to the Royal Highland Centre in Ingleston in Edinburgh and that is the Edinburgh. sixth I thought it was moving to Dave's house no, that's that's the that's the other one. We'll not we'll not talk about that too much. Not, not supposed to talk about that yet. Not yet. No. Sixth to the eighth of September, so it's moving ahead a week or so uh, next year. But it's going to be in Edinburgh at the Royal Highland yeah. Centre, and it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's a massive, massive amount more space. Um, if you're interested about in the plans why. for a little while, and it sounds really cool. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. It's going to make Lyle Taylor what's going to expand. Like they're going to a bunch of reasons to do. It. I, I they. They've, they've really enjoyed their time at, at Perth at the Jura Centre. They have a statement basically saying, you know, these folk are great and we're sad to leave. Uh, but one of the reasons they were leaving is like the Jura Centre may have closed down this year and its future is still uncertain. So they're wanting to like secure a venue for, or the implication the anyway, the announcement years. is next three years, yeah, 24, 25, and 26. Um, they'll have a secured venue in Edinburgh. If you're at all curious about the reasons behind the moving, then. Um, Tabletop Scotland put out an excellent, excellent, yeah. incredibly transparent um, article on their site just saying these are all of the venues we looked at. These are all the venues that are capable of hosting an event of this size in Scotland. This is why we ruled out this venue. This is why we ruled out the other venues. And this is why um, going to Edinburgh and Ingleston is the best option. So it's it's a great read honestly um yes yeah. it's very well justified why why they're doing what yep. they're doing yep uh we'll be back on the pod quiz next year i think and maybe doing some other stuff perhaps we'll see yeah we're involved with tears for anything as yet but i'm sure that'll happen a lot of it is up in the air but of course dave john simon Gemma, they're very very um kind and they 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 speak they speak very nicely to us and you know well, it's hard saying no to them. Indeed. So yeah, I'm, I mean, they're going to start, they'll be starting to plan that already, trying to get exhibitors for next year. I mean, we start it's planning been, the pub quiz. We always start planning the pub quiz. 
is there uh before we i guess before we wrap this up is there anything else you know you'd like to add anything you may have um forgotten or not forgotten but you want to have a last minute shout out to or i uh, just just a big thank you to everyone who like came to the pub quiz. We we had a blast. Love to see everyone like catch up with people in real life for once, and meet some new faces, especially for, like folk off Discord like Corey. It was really lovely to see them in real life. Um, yeah, no, it was just great. It was really good to catch up with like lots of folk I know across the tabletop gaming scene in Scotland. Really good time. Yeah, um, Corey's stand absolutely cracked me up. Her. Um ancient english manuscript things were so funny yeah yeah um yeah on a different note uh i picked up i finally picked up a copy of wreck and ruin which is uh mark yeah yeah um dream big games mark who is an absolute regular on the scottish board game design scene um him and kenny who used to run the dice roll cafe and as kenny's an absolute um standard at the cons helps out with everything those two are possibly setting up the glasgow design lab again so yeah yeah, yeah. what's the glasgow design lab ian um if you are interested or know someone who likes board games and wants to design board games then kenny and mark are probably going to start meeting up again and just hosting nights where People can try out their own prototypes, try out each other's prototypes, and just chat. Um, yeah, um, yeah. If you're in Edinburgh and like to do that kind of thing, there is an Edinburgh playtest group as well. You can find them on Facebook. I used to run it. I don't anymore because I don't have the time. Uh, but Keith runs that now and very well, and he was running the playtest zone at Tabletop Scotland, which was always full as well. So yeah, if you're in the Edinburgh area I want to do that kind of thing, do go and find that group on Facebook, and they'll be able to help you out. Yeah, like. shout out to Keith running the um playtest zone i always wanted to just pop in and try a game however it it was completely full every time i walked past um fantastic work to keith Uh, i'd like a quick shout out which is to the team at terror toad um their game grim inc good to see them at at tabletop scotland having a good presence a good uh a good foot traffic around them it was very lovely to see the game looked really really good fun and another shout out to Daz from Dice and Destinies in Canterbury, who we ended up plonking our chairs quite close to and having some very good chats with. And he was very complimentary about the pub quiz. It was lovely. Yeah, he's lovely. He also was a member of the winning team because he joined the Juniper Green folk. Ah, uh, yes. A member of the winning is that, team. Is that the, are we allowed to say now the Juniper Green team that's part of the organization, the group that you go to every fortnight, Ian? The well, shout out to the Juniper Green group. Are we are yes. we going to have to blank out all of this? The winners of the pub quiz who are connected to Ian. Connected to Ian. <gasps> I mean, I mean, to be fair, before we started, before we started the pub quiz, I was going to say, well, everybody, I mean, welcome, welcome much, to the pub really. quiz. Uh, because yep. uh, before we start, at this point, I kept the margin realistic because otherwise people would go suspicious. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to, I was going to say to everyone, at this pub quiz, we do happen to have a couple of teams, uh, one of which um regularly fraternizes with one of the members of the presenting team one of which is a team that until recently gave money to us uh through patreon for our podcast so before we begin properly i'd like to announce the winners of the pub quiz uh unfortunately i didn't get to because i forgot either way they still but either way one of them still won uh entirely unintentionally i'd like to add we were going to stop the plank as our uh, tiebreaker as well but you forgot to bring it I forgot to bring it, so instead, I, I know we were going to use Stop the Plank, but A, it took a, 
I left it in the car. B, it would have taken a bit to set up. And C, there were only two teams tied for first place. So I, off the top of my head, came up with the question, which it should have been to the nearest thousand hours, how long does it take, according to Board Game Geek, how long does it take to play the campaign for North Africa regarded as the longest board game ever made, yeah. a game that the designer, the late Richard Berg, never even played a game, full game of. Um, I should have done it to minutes because it's 60,000 minutes or 1,000 hours. Whatever. It worked. It was good. It's yeah. 100,000 minutes. By the way, second and third place were Southside Board Gaming Cult and someone else. Look at, I can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got the results. Shout out to Southside Board can... Gamers in the South Side of Glasgow. Yes, a spreadsheet monkey on the night. I did a standard deviation, and I can tell you that most teams rocketed all over the place. They had good rounds, they had bad rounds. Yeah, um, that's why a couple of teams who stayed pretty mediocre all the way through, but by and large, everybody had a good round. Everybody had a round where they knew nothing, um, and everybody had a round where they were somewhat confident. Yeah, so it was uh, Juniper Green and Friends first, SSBG the Cult second, and Quacks of Quislumberg were third. Quacks of Another great name. What a name. Yeah. Anyway, we should bring this to a close. We should sign off and uh, wrap this up. Yeah. So, so thanks uh, very much for everyone we saw at Tabletop Scotland. It was great. It was lovely to hang around with these two gents for the for the con and just play games and just have a laugh. It was, yeah, it was a strange that it may nice sound. To be in the hobby. As strange as it may sound, Ian and I live what? 15 minutes away from each other. Yep. We've, we've met up once or twice this past year. Um, and I don't get to play games with Ian M that much. I think it's, again, two or three times this year. So yeah. it was great to do Tabletop Scotland. And next time I need to not bring as many games because I know I'm not going to get all of them played. <laughs> That's right. We can, just, we can just come back to my house and play all my games instead. Yes. I want to play my games. I want to play my games. It was... It was a fantastic gaming con this year, like yes. genuinely to just sit down and play games. Yeah. And then the time between games was filled with chatting to people. And that was that. Yeah. Okay. If, if, if we spoke to you and we haven't shouted you out here, I am really, really sorry. Um, as you may have been able to tell, our brains were beginning to mushify on the Sunday. And <laughs> I mean, I'm even, even, even before Sunday, to be honest. Um, but we, we had a lot of fun and... Although we may not have shouted out here, it was a joy to see you, to speak to you. And I do truly mean that. So thank you very much. And finally, thanks to the Tabletop Scotland team for entrusting us with the pub quiz. Really Legends. appreciate it. We had, a good, we had a great time doing it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be able to help out next year in multiple ways. So, okay. I'll bring, bring this to an end. Thank you very much for listening uh, to this. If you like what you listen to, the best way to help us out is to Scotland, share so. what you listen to and uh, drop us a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, there are lots of ways to contact us. You can. There are lots of ways to contact us, which I can't remember right now because I don't have any document in front of me. <laughs> I usually search for the giant brain on a lot of social media sites, and you'll probably find them. Uh, I, yeah, I'm no longer part of the giant brain. However, if you want to help me, send me tips on um, toilet training a toddler, or tips on how to get fit enough to chase a toddler who has extreme bursts of speed um, and absolutely zero compulsion to follow <laughs> any kind of limits or rules um, yeah just send them straight over to other Ian 
and I'm sure he'll send them to me. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'll pass those thank on. You, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. If you've got any memories of Tabletop Scotland you'd like to share with us, let us know via the social media platform of your choice. Yay. Thank you very much to thank you very much to my uh, to Ian McAllister. Thank you very much to Ian Chandler. Been lovely chatting to you. Uh, I will see you soon for Blood Bowl 7. Yes, we will. Jamie is I just want to I want to have it on record. Jamie is <laughs> the worst influence. Um Jamie came to my flat for the first time in a couple of years and he brought over Blood Bowl. And now I have a Blood Bowl pitch, which I picked up at Tabletop Scotland, and I have designs on Blood Bowl teams. Which don't blame Jamie if you're a per impulse control. So this is coming from the man I went, oh by the way, long shot the dice game is available. And you went. I said nothing about me having per impulse control. (laughs) Commenting on Ian's per impulse control. As somebody who's got per impulse control, I can recognize it in someone else. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's a Jamie in your life, you know who it is. Keep him at arm's length. Do not engage. Keep him in a big dark so he can't get out. Yeah. That's why why I advise. If you have proclivities for Blood Bowl, don't. Just don't. I mean, I can't. I'm going to buy it. I'm, I'm going to buy I'm going to buy a team. I can't, I can't stop myself. You're going to buy it. You're going to buy a great team. It's going to be a great team. Anyway. I mean, if you want to pick up another really expensive Games Workshop Fantasy Fight game uh, tie-in, then there's always the Bubble Team Manager card game. There is a sort of sort of <laughs> Which I also owned at one point. I have a phone call from my bank manager right now who's saying, stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. So I'm going to sign off here before things get too ridiculous. My name has been Jamie Adams. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Look after yourselves. Take care. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bong.